This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com family. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's College Hockey Southwest Weekly, episode two, with my man Paul Hornstein, live from New York City. I'm live here in Scottsdale, Arizona, so Paul and Scott are on the air again. A lot of good stuff, Paul. Last week was great. This week's uh, equally as great, if not better. In the next two weeks after this, I promise our viewers and listeners that this is going to be great. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast. You can also find it video form on our YouTube channel at Ice Time SW, or you can just go to the website, gather all the information that you want at uh, IceTimeHockeySW.com. So welcome in, Paul. How are things? Um, They're going well. It's... Uh, my body's trying to get adjusted to the uh, the summer months, uh, not having to get up at four thirty in the morning to go to work. But people don't want to oh, hear that. Yeah, yeah, you know. we all we all want to have to adjust to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, it it does take a your body still wakes you up at uh, five o'clock in the morning, and you try not to suffer through that. But you know, it is what it is. I hear you. Well, big week for hockey. Um, I had a chance to visit with Coach Powers. We're going to break my interview with him into uh, three segments. I know you've had a chance to see the uh, eight minutes or so of segment one. Um, Had a lot of fun, confirmed a lot of things. Coach Powers confirmed that he will, in fact, be back with us for Powers play all season long. He's looking forward to our coverage. He's also looking forward to College Hockey Southwest Weekly's weekly podcast. Um, Told me many times over that he apologized for not being able to get to us sooner this summer, but it's been a hectic summer. He told me again, like he always does, that the summer is more hectic than the uh, regular season because the regular season he knows where he's going to be. He said now it's like the schedule is fluctuating all the time. When I met with him, um, truth be told, our interview went was delayed about an hour because he was on. I was his fourth interview of the day because he's doing a <laughs> coaching symposium somewhere. And everybody wanted to talk with them. So um, thanks again to Mitch Terrell and everybody over at ASU for getting us together and, and allowing us to get in with Coach Powers. I know they, they allotted us a short period of time, and we ended up going way over it. <laughs> we talked yeah. a lot of hockey. We talked a lot of stuff uh, off camera that I think people will be excited about down the road, um, including he, he shared with me some of his recruiting uh, tips and some of the people that he recruited and how much work it was really for him to get the people that that people will see soon but they're they're gonna go like wow i thought that was a no-brainer and he said no it absolutely was not a no-brainer well so he talked you know coming up in two weeks we're going to talk about the china trip and he went into detail about that how it's going to work how the practices are going to go all that stuff we'll tease a little bit of it today during the show but um First and foremost, let's get into some hockey news. There's some sad okay. stuff. There's some some good stuff. There's a little bit of everything. So you fire away at me with some of the topics that you wanted to chat about for about five minutes here. All right. Well, first of all, I don't know if we mentioned it in last week's show or not, but uh, Jerry York getting elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, and I just wanted to give him a shout out because I don't remember if we mentioned it last week uh when they announced the class that was going into the hall of fame so and jerry york at least as far as we know is a big supporter of the asu program and huge supporter you know so you know we wanted to give a shout out to him um there was some interesting news that uh broke in the last few days uh university of pennsylvania is uh going hot and heavy into trying to figure out how they can jumped D1 and become the sixth Ivy League school to have Division One men's and women's hockey. Uh, so they're exploring that. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps talking about Illinois and uh, some of the programs that College Hockey Inc. Uh, has involved with their study of, of, of how to, you know, raise their teams into Division One status. Um, you, know, you get a school like the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League schools, they usually have a lot of heavy hitters. So uh, maybe that's a little closer than we think. Uh, we keep hearing about Illinois, but I guess Illinois is is just going to be the same way as everything else. When they come out and announce it, that's when I guess uh, they'll be able to say something about it. Um, which, of course, 
if the University of Pennsylvania goes, that as I said, sixth Ivy League team, do they break off into a conference just like the Big Ten schools do? So we could be seeing another conference realignment regardless of what happens with those seven teams <laughs> from the WCHA that we talked about last week. Um, College hockey is, is uh, hot and heavy right now, probably as hot and heavy as I've seen it in a number of years with uh, a lot of talk about things. You know, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be up in Vegas, actually about a month from now when Vegas UNLV has their annual Rebel golf tournament. And I'm curious to see what that is because that's their big fundraiser for the year. They usually bring back a lot of heavy hitters there, and I'm excited to be out there and see what the talk is about UNLV because everybody wants to push them. Um, the Golden Knights have done a good job of steering hockey in, in at Las Vegas all over, you know, from the youth right. level on up. And now with two new rinks coming in in Henderson, and the uh, you know the talk has always been that if UNLV gets gets a uh, NCAA team, they'll probably play at the Orleans because that's already built for them. It's, uh, and it's great for college hockey. It's a great venue. It's about the right size. It's got the concessions. It's got the ticket people. It's got everything. So we'll, uh, we'll keep a close tab on that. But, yeah, all great stuff. Um, leading into one of the other notes, uh, Colorado College uh, released uh, some of their design plans for their new building. And the coach, uh, one of those four interviews he probably did the other day when you were there was with The Athletic. And um, he said in that interview that they're still expecting to break ground in September. Now, okay, let me break news uh, for you. You know how I feel about this? Let me break news for you. I asked him point blank. I I believe it's going to be in the, the third episode. So in two weeks, we'll have it. But he told me on camera, definitely going to break ground in September. Um, that's the first time he's come out and said that. The other thing that we talked about in depth, and I'll tease this a little bit, is we talked, I, I joked with him, I said, will there be a hockey game on campus before the new arena? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, there's a lot of talk about an outdoor game. He goes, oh, I know where you're going with this. He goes, yeah. He said, it, it could be real close. He said, in fact, I believe what's going to happen is they're going to open the new arena and that winter, they're going to play at Sun Devil Stadium. He's enthusiastic about that. He said plans have been in the work for a long time, and they're working on it. But he said the Winter Classics have been built out already a couple of years, so it would be at least three. In his words, I think he said five to six years down the road. But, you know, I could see the arena opening and then playing an outdoor game at Sun Devil Stadium. But I kind of pushed him further along. I said, you think there's a chance? And he goes, well, Sun Devil Stadium, when the renovation is built for outdoor hockey it, it's set up perfectly for it right now so who knows you know let's see what happens you know so i just uh you know like i said it, it came up so it, this is not me saying this well, or saying that or speculating this no, is what came up so i i asked I him i think rem- it's at i think it's at the end of episode three when we were two either the end of two or beginning of three because i asked him point blank i said you know I have to ask you about the arena. Are we still on track? How are things looking? And he said, all plans right now are for shovels in the ground in September. And he's never said that to my knowledge, at least not to me, that he's given a date for shovels in the ground. So, uh, you know, I can tell you when I drive by there and I look across the 6th Street, um, I can tell you that there's some action going on. Not, Not per se on the arena part, but across the street. And I think that's all together what's going to have to happen. They're going to have to get moving on that, and then all of a sudden the the, uh, the solar panels will come down and the digging will begin. And once the digging begins, it's going to start to move rather quickly. Okay. I'm just telling you what I heard. Yeah, I'm, just telling, I'm, you I'm was... telling you what I heard, and everybody's going to hear it from the coach's mouth shortly. Okay. The other thing is uh, the, you've been at this college hockey game for a long time. Um there were two uh, individual things of note that came. Uh, one is a good thing. The other, not quite so good. Uh, the all-time leading scorer at North Dakota, Greg Johnson, passed away this week at the age of 48. Uh, I believe you covered him. Absolutely. And it was uh, it hit me by storm as I was sitting waiting for Coach Powers 
Um, I got the text message that said that that he had passed away, and you know, no cause of death has been given yet. It's uh, man, my heart just goes out to the UND program because they've had to deal with so much. A good friend of mine, Kerry Eads, um, you know, was deeply embedded in that program and at and at the Fargo Force, and still is the general manager of the Fargo Force and the USHL, but. The Johnsons, both Greg and Ryan, that came from Thunder Bay, played big parts. He said he was a, the leading scorer. He, 272 points in college hockey. That's a lot of points. That's a lot. Um, and, and then he moved on to the NHL. And to tell you just how good he was in the NHL, the Predators made him a captain. Um, anytime you're a captain of any NHL team, that's like being a coach in the NHL, right? There's only yeah. so many spots for them. Um mm-hmm. He's a very talented player, was a very talented player, and I know the people at UND, their hearts are broken. I know for the family, the Johnson family, it's tough. Um, Six years ago, I believe, they lost another player in a tragic um, train accident in Fargo. Uh, Another Johnson, not related, but part of that group. Um, So, I mean, they dealt with a lot. You know, people talk about just how nice they have it with their big donor and giving them the the facilities and everything, but they dealt with an awful lot in that program. And like I said, my heart goes out to them all. Well, we just want to pass on our condolences to the uh, family of the three-time Hobie Baker finalist, Greg Johnson. And to end this segment on a more positive note, uh, Matt Cullen retired. Uh, And I believe you covered him as well. I've known Matt since he was about (laughs) eight years old, right? Uh, I know his dad, Terry, very well. Um, way back in my days in northern Minnesota, I started a, uh, a publication that was called Rink Inc. And it was a, uh, this is before the internet, Paul. <laughs> Wait, there was times before the internet? Yeah, what? Was, How's that? What? Okay, this was paper. This was printed magazines. Um, we actually, uh, yeah, exactly. We actually started a, uh, an east-west game, we called it, that separated east and west and northern Minnesota and Western North Dakota and Matt came and played in our uh, high school all-star game so this is when he was a high school senior and uh, we named him our first rink inc uh, player of the year for high school in in the northwest which we called it which was northwest Minnesota and uh, North Dakota so uh, you know I've seen Matt many times I've, I've been with him with the Stanley Cup when he's brought it back um, he's he's the same kid and I call him a kid <laughs> 21 years in the NHL. Okay. But he's going to be a kid to me. I was, um, he was a great kid back then. He's still the same person. I sent a message to his wife, Bridget, Matt doesn't go on social media, but Bridget came on and, and said something. So I sent a message to her and told him that we were, uh, so happy for him and the career that he had three Stanley cups. Um, he's a, he's an icon in, in Pittsburgh. He started in Anaheim. He's been to Carolina. He's been to Nashville. He's been to Minnesota. He's played all over. Um, you know, and some of the best things I'll remember about Matt are the time that he spends with other kids, right? He always, there was just a video that was out from last year when uh, St. Cloud State played in Pittsburgh in a tournament. And he uh, spent some time showing them, giving them a tour of the, the Penguins locker room and stuff. And, and one of the things he told them was, he goes, you know, cherish your college days because you'll never be around a group of guys as close as you are with these guys. When you get to the NHL, yeah, it's the NHL and you'll like it and you'll celebrate it, but you won't have that same bond because players will come and go all the time, not quite like a college team. So congratulations to Matt. Good luck in the future. I know that he'll be nothing but successful with Cully's kids and everything that he does in back in Minnesota and, you know, Moorhead is the big winner because he's going to provide a lot of insight for them. I also want to give a shout out to his personal skating coach, Boris Dorzenko. You know, Boris and I know each other pretty well. And uh, Boris put out a nice picture of him and, and Matt together. And And I'm looking forward to get Boris on Hockey Talk in the Desert Southwest very soon so we can chat about not only him, but Austin Matthews and all these other guys that he's brought up. One of which is his little protege is Johnny Walker's younger brother, Jake. And when Jake Levenge gets gets to come up, he's – keep in mind, this kid's been working with Boris for the better part of six, seven years now. 
and Boris has taken him to Japan and all over, and he's dying to be a Sun Devil. I got to throw one more thing out as long as we're in the news part of things here. Okay. Um, I did a story on what drives you a little while ago about David Heimovich. Okay. He, I don't know if you saw the video of him. I did. But he's at the USA Select Under-16 camp this week. I think it wraps up today or tomorrow. Um, and he scored a breakaway goal on a shootout where he kicked it to his skate, back to his stick, and beat the goaltender. And uh, it, it made big-time news all over USA Hockey for the move that he made. Keep in mind, this kid's under 16, right? He told me up front, he's dying to be a Sun Devil. He said, if they want me, I'm going to be there. So... You know, Coach Powers, if you're listening, you, you got a kid that's dying to be in your program down the road. So a lot of nice talent uh, that he's going to have to choose from. Well, in that athletic interview, the, he does get asked about local kids. And Coach says, you know, obviously we want to keep everybody local. That's, yeah. the, those are our kids in our backyard. And we want to keep as many of the local players as we can. So... Uh, but those are actually obviously a couple of years down the line. Uh, but you don't start recruiting them the day they become eligible to play. So uh, yeah. these are just yep. a couple of things we have to keep our eye on. So well, I asked him. I asked him about uh, you know one of the guys that announced that he was coming here, and Coach Powers couldn't talk a lot right. about it. I think we both know who it is. But uh, he said he's two to three years down the road, at least two years of juniors, maybe three. But um, how good is that going to look in a new building? And we'll leave it at that. I'll let Coach Powers talk about it down the road as he's ready to. But uh, so excited for the upcoming season. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bring in my interview with Coach Powers, let everybody listen and hear it. And then what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the schedule. And uh, he's very confident in what his team can do with this schedule. That doesn't mean that he's he's overly confident, but he's confident that he likes the schedule. So, We'll take a quick break. We'll bring Coach Powers in, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the schedule and wrap things up for uh, this episode. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right, welcome in hockey fans. College Hockey Southwest Weekly. It's summertime. It's 100 and what, 8, 9 degrees outside. Coach Powers is still working as hard as, uh, as he ever does. So, Coach, first of all, thanks for bringing us in and, and letting us chat a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see you. It's been uh, it's been a few months. You know, it gets crazy, right? The uh, the season goes and goes and goes, and then all of a sudden the off season comes. And I don't know if you expected this or not, but wow, what an off season you guys are having! Well, it, yeah, I mean, off seasons. I tell everybody it's way more hectic than than the in season for me personally, because um, it, it's a it's most importantly my time to catch up and, and spend time with my family. And be there for my my two kids and, and my wife when I'm when I can. Um, so so doing that and managing that obviously in, in the off season is 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 time consuming, but most important to me. And then uh, all the recruiting, all the the different fundraising trips that the athletic department wants you to go on. Um, so it's sporadic. There's no set schedule. We're in season. At least I know where I'm going to be every day. Right. And there's routine, and and I'm with my team. So. Um, but it's been fun. And, and then this one in particular has been tough because we're, we're cutting our normal summer a month short because of we're going, you know, our trip to China. So, um, it's, it's now it's compressed into a month shorter of, of a time period. So it's, it's been hectic. All right. We'll talk about China in a little bit. Let's first talk a little bit about this past season. I mean, I know you expected a lot out of your guys. I don't know that you though, even expected to be where you were and in April and and playing in a uh, in a regional tournament in the NCAA. No, no. I mean, we didn't. We thought that we thought that that this coming year we would have the year that we had last year. Right. Um, so it, it came about a year early for us, and and internally that's what we thought. Um, we didn't ever really talk about that publicly or let anybody know that, but um, you know, and I think if we did, people would have thought we were nuts. Right. Um, but, uh, but it, it came a year early and, and, and it's a credit to our players. They, they just, 
they bought in from day one. We had unbelievable leadership, and, and, and the freshmen were just so good. They were so good on and off the ice from day one that uh, it just came together for us. So when you look back to uh, last season and then you look forward to this season, is this group of freshmen that you're bringing in, A, are they as good as the group that was just here, and B, are the guys that are freshmen now sophomores ready to take that next step, do you think? I think both. I think I think obviously the key, the, the the biggest key our freshman last year played was was culturally. Right. Um. You know, and I said it a few times during the year. What was different about that class last year was a lot of those kids were committed to us for for some some of them three three and a half years. Right. So they went through all the the pitfalls from afar and the building from afar that we were going through as a program. They chose to stick with us and stay loyal to being a Sun Devil and and saw the you know, I guess the upside of coming to Arizona State to play hockey. And, and so they came in fully respecting everything that those guys in the locker room before them had established and, and all the adversity that they went through. Um, and they came in and, and just in, embraced it and, and, and added to it. And, and uh, there was a level of cohesiveness that we had never had before because of that. And, and we hit the ground running. And, and so then you talk about on the ice, you know, all the, the contributions that the kids like Josh Maniscalco, who run our Rookie of the Year, made, and, and Demetrius and Jordan Sandu and the big goals P.J. Morocco scored for us, and then some of the great moments, awesome, you had. Um, and I'm probably forgetting a couple guys, but, um, you know, those guys were huge contributors to our success, and, and um, I know the summer's they've all had really good summers. They, they've all put on, Demetrius has put on 15 pounds of muscle. And, and a lot of people up in Calgary said he was the best player at their development camp. So um, I think he's gonna have a big breakout year for us. They all are gonna have big roles and, and be major contributors. And then you, you scale it back to this incoming freshman class. Um, I do believe that on the ice, they have the ability to probably make the biggest impact right away um the two defensemen we're bringing in judson and semic uh are, are just really good they're really good they, they they give us what we you know we have a top eight our top six is just it's deep you right know, like we we, we have a, a decor that's completely built um and uh and then up front two experienced guys james sanchez and willie near they both have two years of college hockey under their belt i think if you ask them or people close to them when Willie went to Miami and James went to Michigan, they weren't ready. They were just too young. They should have played more junior, but you know they went in as essentially two freshmen and and uh, and they weren't ready. And then they went to Dubuque last year, had huge years, um, and now they are ready. They're ready for college hockey. They're hungry. They're they're motivated. Um, they're confident. They want they want to help us improve on our year from last year. So two guys bringing in as juniors that can make impacts right away. Um, and then, and I talked about our freshman D and then the freshman up front, um, you know, Jax Murray, um, it, he had an off season surgery. So we're hoping he'll be healthy by the time we, we start with our home opener, but he's a, a 20 year old that, that can play up and down the lineup. And then he, he obviously Logan genuine, who, yeah. who, I mean, he, he scored 60 goals and, and, and a tough league to score goals. And you can't fluke your way to that, that kind of goal total. So Logan's an older kid that can come in and make an impact as well. Um, Justin Robbins uh, and Nett and Max Prodzik, they're gonna battle it out with Evan. Um, Justin almost won a Clark Cup in, in Chicago in the USHL and and then Max obviously is a, is a really high-end kid that just didn't get opportunity at BU playing behind a top 10 pick um, in Jake Ottinger. So we're excited about him and, and we're really excited about Evan DeBrower. But, um, and then Carson Breer, who's coming here yeah. to redshirt. Um, right. And because there's some academic uh, stuff that, that he had going on, but um, but and he's just a, an exceptional player. So um, we, we, we love what we have. We think it's our best team, hands down, by far, that we've had. And um, so it's just a focus on making sure that from a cultural standpoint, we have a great locker room and, and we'll have the ability and the talent to um, have a better season than we did last year. All right, let's wrap up last year with uh, the bittersweetness of Joey Decord. It's obviously bittersweet when, when you see one of your players go into the NHL and, and leave the program, but a, a little bitter in the part that you don't have him for one more year, which, uh, which is tough. But talk a little bit about Joey and what he's meant to your program, like you've told us many times before. 
Yeah, and I'll be completely honest. For me, it's it's not bittersweet at all. Like it really isn't. Like I, I to to see what that kid went through with us. I mean, his first college start at Notre Dame, he let in nine goals. Right. You know, and and uh, and two years later, he's playing in the NHL. Like that's 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 a great story. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he he had options and he came here to accomplish what he accomplished. Would he have liked to have gotten further? Absolutely, but. Um, his maturity and mentally the way he developed over the course of his three years here was really fun to watch. Um, and, and we're proud of him. We're proud of him. We're happy for him. Um, you know, Ottawa has six goalies under contract, so he's got a, a fight in front of him to, to, to make it to the highest point that he can make it this year, but he's ready for it. He's, he's been through a lot of, we just had this conversation about a week ago, Joe and I, with all the adversity he went through here, it's going to make that feel easy. And, and uh, he's ready for that challenge, and, and uh, we supported him. I knew probably by about January that this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and so we planned for it. We were prepared for it. If he came back, I wouldn't have complained. And right. <laughs> uh, we would have welcomed him with open arms. But um, we're, we're all now Joey Decor fans. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refind your prime with M-Drive. All right. Well, we had, uh, as you know, I sent you the copy a little bit early. Privileged. Nice. <laughs> you got that life has uh, first sometimes, right? We broke this up into uh, into three segments. I, I'm not sure for sure what we're going to call it. It'll be a surprise to everybody tomorrow. But the video will run separately as well as on our show. But um, that it's basically in the lines of ASU to China and back, um, or ASU hockey to China and back. Um, So there's a lot of good things coming up. I don't want to tease that too much because what he gave me was really good down the road. So segment one that you just heard, we talked an awful lot about the, uh, the past season and what it was like for him. It was a whirlwind because like he told us flat out, this was a year early. We did not expect this right now. So give me your thoughts on what coach powers had to say. Well, listen, um, I think that, this trip is going to be very, very interesting. Um, I, I'm hoping that the games will be streamed and we'll get a chance to watch them. Um, I'm, I, I want to pay close attention to how he mixes and matches the lines and the D pairs. I mean, outside of Maniscalco and, and, and Brinson Pashnoff, because I don't think those guys are going to get touched. Um, I'll be very curious to see who plays and who doesn't play. Um, well, let me throw you a couple of things. As we talked last week, he told me, and again, I'm teasing the next week or the next week after that, but uh, he told me every goaltender is going to get a chance to play. Really? Um, yes. He's going to play them extensively. Okay. Um, he also said that he does not believe Demetrius Kumanzis, Como, as we all like to call him, will be making the trip because he just got a terrific honor and being named to the uh, – World Junior Trials, and uh, he'll be in in uh, Michigan doing that training camp. Coach Power said there's a chance he could join the team if um, if things went the way that they cut him early. But he said I'm not holding my breath on that. He <laughs> said Como's uh, worked very hard for this opportunity, and and we're proud to have him there. And he means as much to us there as he will with us. He said, don't get me wrong, would I not like to have him? But he said, let's be honest, we know where Como's role is on this team, and China or not, it's not going to change where he fits with us. Well, I think it'll do two things. One, uh, if he makes the world junior team, they're going to play a month without him. So they might as well juggle things around and see what happens and see how they want to do things when and if he's gone. So once again, this trip will serve a bunch of different purposes. Um... You'll they'll we'll get to see a lot more uh, of of the recruiting class than uh, than we would if they just opened up the season after fall practice. And you, considering they have six guys to blend into this roster, 
maybe seven, not including the goalies. Um, this is a good chance for them to get a lot of ice time together. And let me tell you this. Um, if you hadn't seen Hockey Talk in the Desert Southwest, we had Leanne Blinn, the strength and conditioning coach, on, on Tuesday, and she was pure gold. She gave us more stuff. She gave me more stuff off camera that uh, we just ran out of time to talk about, but she knows what these players came in last year. And I asked her, I said, you know, what are you doing to these guys? And she said, well, she said, it's not really what I'm doing. It's what they're doing. And they completely bought into her plan and what she wanted to do with them. Um, I told you off camera about a couple of guys that, that came in. She said a lot of the guys that have been coming in last year, and she doesn't think it'll be this year, is that the junior kids specifically don't work out in weight rooms very much. They play a lot of hockey, but they don't work out. So she said when she brought them in to work out, she saw a lot of kids that needed to develop strength. Um, Demetrius, Coach Powers told me, has added 15 pounds of strength. Um, I think Connor Stewart's put on about 15 pounds. Um, I hear Johnny Walker is much, much better. Uh, she she talked a little bit about, you know, things in the past. She said Jake Clifford stuck around after he graduated all summer and worked out because he was so impressed with what Leanne was able to do with him that he stayed at ASU all summer working out under wow. her direction, trying to make an NHL roster or AHL roster along the way. So that tells you just how good they have in that part of it. Um, if you didn't see that, get by all means, get back and watch the show because she was she was pure gold. Um, and every time I get her on the show, it's going to be good stuff because she's really good at what she does. Okay, that being said, um, you know, when we, we dig into the schedule here in a minute, but um, a lot of these players, uh, there's going to be some real competition this year. I mean, I thought there was a lot last year, and I asked Leanne, I said, how many of these guys were really hurt? And, and wouldn't come out of the lineup because they were afraid they weren't going to get their spot back. She goes, oh, that was, a, that was a big thing. She said a lot of them never wanted to take anything off because they were afraid if they gave up their spot for any reason that they might not get back in the lineup. Well, if you think it was that tight last year, double it this year. I mean, Coach Powers told me he's six deep in the country in – in his defensive core, and he's happy with that. He said those 6D can play on any team in the country, and he thinks Josh and Brinson are the two best in the country. That's big stuff. Yeah, That's well, stuff. I asked him about that myself, um, and, and and I made sure that, you know, and Coach says, well, we think they are the number one pair in the country. So, and that's exactly what you would expect out of them. So, when you're ready for the schedule, let's – Let's let's yeah. uh, go. Let's when you're do. Ready. Let's do. Let me say one more thing about goaltending. He uh, he's very excited about all three goaltenders. He thinks that all three goaltenders have a shot. He said, ideally, it's not good to do goaltending by committee. So he's hoping that somebody takes a step up. Um, he talked about Evan DeBrower. Um, Leanne told me about Evan DeBrower last year. She, you know, I asked her specifically. I said, you know, when you work with players, how how do you set up a, you know, uh, a workout regime, if you will, a regimen for everybody that, you know, a skater versus a goaltender, whatever. And she said, Evan DeBrower wanted to work out every single bay because he said, I don't know if I'm going to get in the lineup and I don't want to miss out on working out. So there you go. I mean, that's the way the kid thought as a backup last year. Coach Powers, I think, wholeheartedly thinks that he will be the man. But he's very confident. He said, you know, you look at Prodzik, uh, right, Prodzik from – Am I saying that right? From, we'll find yeah, out, he but said, I think so. He's a, he said he's a great goaltender that never got a chance because how is he going to get a chance when you have a, a top NHL draft pick in front yeah, he, of you? He was playing behind Jake Ottinger, and I think there was another yeah. NHL draft pick before him and, and so forth and so on. So, hey, you yeah, need so goaltending. Anyway, the goaltending, I, I was a little worried about that, if you will, coming into the season. I'm not as much now just because Coach, Coach Powers has so much confidence. So I'm not too worried about that. But all right, let's dig into the schedule. We talked about, and I specifically went into detail with him about how weird is this going to be to actually have like a split season. And he said it's going to be extremely weird because they're going to training camp. And, right. and we'll get into this in the third segment too, but they're going to – train for a week or so, and then they're going to have their Sun Devil Academy where they bring in their high school kids. 
Right. And what he's most excited about is having the high school kids be able to watch their practices and then have his kids work with the high school kids. So that's going to be very unique the last week of July. So hopefully I can get out there and get some video and uh, we can talk a little bit about that um, in August right. after they leave. But um, that's coming up. Then they go to China and they're there. They come back after 13 days in China. They're going to get 10 to 12 days off before classes start. And then in September again, they're going to go back to a regular training camp. So I said, is that good or bad? And both uh, Coach and Leanne agreed that this was going to be good because it gives them an extra chance to look. Uh, he said there's going to be film from the games in the tournament, so they're going to be able to review that stuff, and they're going to be able to see the work ethic, and they're going to be able to see what the guys are bringing in, what kind of condition they are in the summer, and prepare them for the fall. So I think he wishes he could do this every year. We all know it's sure, every once every does. four years. So anyway, you related it to, to bowl games and football last week, and you're 100% correct. So let's jump into the start of the season. We're going to open okay. October 5th and 6th with Mercyhurst coming here. Give well, me some thoughts on what that's going to be like. Well, I kind of tried to do a little bit of research on all the teams, and uh, Mercyhurst is going to be a very, very young team. They're losing their top four scorers. And on paper, this looks like uh, a, a good team to open up against. Uh, you know, ASU coming back with a with a veteran team with an untested goalie. This will give them a chance to kind of play a team they should handle and get them back into game mode. Uh, I believe they've only had one coach uh, as a Division One team. Uh, th- their head coach, Rich Gotkin. He's been their coach for 30-plus years. I think this is season number 31. Uh, I don't think all 31 of those were Division One, So um, he has their system in place. But he's going to have a very young team. When you lose your top four scorers, that's not going to help you either. And I think those two games and getting prepared in those two games will be very important, very important, for what might be the biggest series of the year. <laughs> That series number two, season. right? Series <laughs> number two. They're going to go to uh, Minnesota they travel State. October 11th and 12th to Minnesota State. Um, they're going to have almost their entire team back. Uh, we know Dryden McKay is a great goalie. Um, uh, a, 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 it'll, I believe that that series will be a big harbinger of what the rest of the season could be like. If they were to get a split in that series at what will absolutely be uh, a top 10 if not a top five team and a top five team probably in the pairwise to start the season that would be absolutely huge and give us a really solid idea of how this team is gonna is is gonna do this year okay so, so they leave Mankato Minnesota and thankfully, they're going there early October, so there'll probably only be six, seven inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad. <laughs> and then they're going to jump over to Air Force in Colorado Springs. They're going to travel there. We, Air Force Academy is really cool. I was uh, privileged to be out there at the uh, uh, for a, a coaches seminar at the USA facilities in Colorado Springs, and we went over to the Air Force Academy. It's a great environment. It's a great oh, environment for college. It. It's, uh, Frank Saratori is a quote machine. If there's any way that I can get to those two opening series, I'm going to love it because uh, Frank is uh, – he's from up in my neck of the woods. Him and his brother are at Bemidji State. Um, and Frank I, – I knew Frank when his son played um, junior hockey. He's t- – both of his sons, and they were being recruited. So I had a lot of chances to visit with him on that. But looking forward to Air Force, um, I think that's another series that ASU can win, though. Uh, well, this is what you know. You better play from the drop of the opening puck until yeah. the final Bingo. buzzer goes when you play Air Force. I don't care that they're losing their top four scorers and their goalie. You're playing a team that will not stop coming at you, and you're playing on an Olympic sheet that early in the season. Yeah. Now, the adjustment might be a little bit less because without seeing it, I'm pretty sure when they're over in China, they're going to be playing on Olympic sheets. So, so this will not be as eye-opening as it was a couple of – was it last year? or well, a couple, last year. Well, well, every year they played on Olympic sheets somewhere. Yeah, but it was always late in the season. 
So, um, so that'll be, uh, uh, another test. Uh, then of course you're dealing with the altitude as you always do in Colorado. So, uh, even though they're going to struggle to find some scoring, at least early in the season, not any games that you can rest and relax in. You have to play those games, as he said, from start to finish. Okay, so that's three solid weekends in October. Now we get to November. The Quinnipiac Bobcats are coming to town. What kind of a matchup is that going to be when they come to Oceanside Ice Arena? Well, it's... No George Shortridge. That's a good thing. No, he's gone. Andrew Shortridge is gone. Uh, he He signed with San Jose. Uh, they too are losing a lot of their top scoring, and they lost their top three defensemen. Not just Chase Prisky. Yeah. They lo- they yeah. they're losing a lot of guys. So they'll be good because they always are, right. but they might not be what they're going to be early in the especially season. In the first, yeah, I was just gonna say that, especially so, the first week in November. You know, but those are home games, and and you know, one thing we learned about the pairwise last year is. You have to protect home ice. You have to win home games. Um, you have to win home games. It, it, no matter how you look at it, you have to win home games. So, so when would you like me to start the magic number count? Um, well, you can listen. You want to start it against Mercyhurst? Go ahead, because the magic number is still going to be the same one. Oh, folks, I'm starting early. It's only July. Okay. So after that weekend at home against Quinnipiac, uh, they board a, an airplane to go north to Alaska. Alaska Fairbanks, I think we both think that this uh, is not only going to be a fun trip for them, but I think they're going to handle Fairbanks. Um, they should. Um, this is probably a series where you have to win two games on the road. Um, but – I don't care. When you make that trip, that is a tough trip. It doesn't matter how good or how poor they are or how good or how poor you are. That trip is always, always going to be tough. And, you know, they are a team that struggled a lot last year. And they didn't get much scoring last year. And and that's going to be the big question for them this year is who scores. Yeah, and everybody's going to be talking about that trip. They're going to say, hey, is Fairbanks and ASU going to be in the same conference sometime? And I'm going to tell you right now, I doubt it. Okay, let's move on. we got a little time off after that trip to to Alaska. Come back for the Catamounts of Vermont coming to town just after Thanksgiving. Um, What about Vermont? What do you think? Well, I think that's going to be a good program to – come back to after three weeks off. Um, they're another team that will go into the season looking for scoring, but they have a top-notch goalie. Uh, their number one goalie, Stefanos Lakos, had a 930 save percentage for them last year in hockey, East, in hockey East. So we yeah. know that, <laughs> you know, it's not a fluke. So, yes. And so that could be like the perfect ladder team into the next weekend where yeah. the competition well, level goes up just a little bit. When I looked at the schedule this year, I was going like, okay, opening weekend in October, we're all excited for that. First weekend in November, we got Quinnipiac coming to town. The first weekend of December, we get Denver University, the Pioneers coming to town. Um, that will be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, I could see, and obviously I don't know, and I haven't looked at the Coyotes' schedule, so I don't know, but that could be a game or two that get switched from Oceanside over to Gila River if the arena is available. I hope not because I want to make the Pioneers play in Oceanside. (laughs) Well, I understand that. Um, But (laughs) here's what you know about Denver. They will choke you. They will play you. They, 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 They will... They will be like the boa constrictors. They just get tighter and tighter around you. And it doesn't matter who's in that jersey and who's in that roster. They will play the same way, and they will try to suffocate you as much as they possibly can. Now, they all break it. That's why Oceanside comes into play, because you can't send anything high out of the zone in Oceanside. All right. I've said Um, my piece on that. two, Two other notes. Their number one goalie or... 
Not that it really matters a lot on that team sometimes. <laughs> Philip Larson signed with the uh, Red Wings. Um, yes. uh, a local note, uh, if he makes it there, um, I believe Bobby Brink, the uh, Coyotes draft pick, I believe he's committed to there if he actually gets there. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now in the top of my head, and I'm not sure I have that accurately, but I believe I do. I think you might. Okay. I would need to do some double check, and I didn't go that deep into it because I usually leave the deep stuff for you. I'm just oh yeah. Fluff. Um, I'm just I, a good was, looking fluff. Let's just put it that. Yeah, way. yeah, right. Yeah, you're. The, yeah, that, well, that's true. You are the good looking one. Frank, um, uh, a second round pick of the Coyotes, uh, one of the ninety five thousand guys that played in the U.S. development team this past year that got drafted. Right. So, um, and then all right, Denver. Anything less than them? No, that's enough for now. All right. Then we get to travel to East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, December 14th and 15th, we're headed to Michigan State. Uh, your thoughts on Michigan State? What do you expect out of them this season? Uh, I, I think you'll see a lot of those players that were on that team last year yeah. uh, coming out for a little bit of revenge because I think they got unexpectedly spanked <laughs> by ASU at Oceanside. And well, there's some personal stuff there, too, because Johnny Walker knows some people there. They know Johnny. Um, there, there's some personal stuff there, and don't forget that. No, um, and this series was actually moved from earlier in the week. They have that three-week break in November because that's yeah. where those two games were originally scheduled. So, yep. um, But they, like most of the Big Ten teams, have some goaltending issues. So, All right, so – Coming up after the trip to Michigan, they're going to go back on the road to uh, Omaha, Nebraska. This is going to be a little bit of a rivalry, I think, between Nebraska, Omaha, and ASU. They they played a lot lately, and uh, now going back there just before Christmas, and and ASU was a better team last year, and they thumped them pretty good at a, at Oceanside, and then they got a little taste of uh, what uh, the Mavericks can do to somebody when they uh, get a little irritated and you don't play your best game. Well, I, I kind of have that listed as uh, the scene of the crime from last season. Um, well, because those two games really put ASU on the edge in terms of the pairwise, um, in terms of uh, sweating out and making the tournament at the end of the season. And had they won even one of those two games, it wouldn't have even been an issue, even though they didn't have the conference tournament things. So I think I think if I, let me think back a minute. Did somebody have that magic number of wins that we needed to get? Somebody was talking about that. Uh, I want to know. I'll talk to one. that guy when I see him. <laughs> All right. So then we get the Christmas short break, and then they're back in a very unique system. Uh, we're supposed to be a tournament. Coach Power told me to in Anaheim. It turned out being a two-game series with Harvard in Irvine, California. I asked Coach about that. He said, to be honest with you, Harvard's done the legman or the workman part of it. They've done a lot of work into putting this game on. Um, Coach Powers is excited, though, and this I thought was interesting. He said, we really want to get into that neck of the country to do recruiting. What does that say about California hockey? If he's interested in going to Irvine, California for recruits. I know UNLV. And I know Grand Canyon pull a ton of people out of there for their ACHA programs. But D1 players, are they there? Look at the rosters around the country. You'll see <laughs> California players there. I know. You're absolutely right. that. <laughs> um, Harvard is so always going to December be tough. 28th and 29th. I'm hearing that there's a good thing that the Hornstein family should have a, a family vacation to California that weekend. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> all right so that's over the holidays so there is no desert classic this year again i tell you the first of every month okay here comes january michigan tech university is coming to oceanside and if you think it was bad at michigan tech Wait till they get to oceanside and i only hope that the uh, arizona state fans understand the meaning of playing michigan tech anywhere um, there is definitely no love lost between <laughs> those teams. Um, it was a particularly, particularly a uh, very rugged, should we put it that way, series when they met 
uh, at Michigan Tech. Um, and the coaches, shall we say, exchanged some pleasantries after the second game. Yeah. yeah, okay. Let's go with that. Let's leave it at that. Michigan Tech comes to town January 4th and 5th. Then we're back into your neck of the woods a little bit as we head back to play Brown at Providence, Rhode Island. Um, what do you expect out of Brown? Don't, honestly, other than the fact that I'm hoping to be there for those two games or at least one of them. Um, you know, Brown is an ECAC team. Uh, they're just, you know, it's the first time they're ever going to play each other. So I, I, I don't have any sort of reference other than pure numbers. So I'm really just kind of like, okay, you're going to go on the road. You're going to play in Rhode Island, and it's going to be tough just because you're making that cross-country trip, and it's not going to be 75 degrees. And the other thing I can tell you is on that trip, there will be a huge fan base that's only growing with your alumni groups out there in New York and Boston and Philly and all over. So I would guess that they're going to eat that up because that's going to be the first time they're going to get a chance to see their Sun Devils. Yep on the East Coast this yep. season. So yep. January 11th and 12th are Saturday-Sunday games. going to be exciting out there for them. Um, then they come back home and they get RIT. And there's a little... Uh, no they exchange pleasantries you know, after that, too. Yeah. What? Um, the, the, the coaches exchanged some more pleasantries <laughs> after those two games. Um, I think they were making dinner plans or... Uh, you know, at least getting re restaurant recommendations after the two games they played up there last year. <laughs> so um, I'm sure that the, the 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 RIT coaches will be looking for the same kind of information uh, from uh, Coach Powers. Uh, we can help them out and just tell them to go to College Bar and Grill uh, yeah. if they're looking yeah, for food. Absolutely. You know, yeah. they like that. You ever get that in there? Nice. You know, nice. Um, nice. But get the M drive first because they're gonna need it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> we get them with RIT, and we're immediately back on the road to Potsdam, New York, and Clarkson. And I'll, I, I'm guessing this is a series you'd like to see in person. Uh, I got news <laughs> for you. Brown's a lot closer to my house than yeah. than, than than Clarkson is. Um, I do. Um, I, I'd like to get up there, but that's an eight-hour drive. That's that's not around the corner. Providence is only about a three-hour drive. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a great series in Clarkson as well. Um, so that's January 24th and 25th. I'm kind of speeding along here because we're rolling okay, into 43. Yeah, we are. Just uh, once uh, again, the Coyotes have a sixth-round pick on Clarkson this year. Anthony yes. Romano. Um and so I just I, I like to try and mention that to just bring a, a local angle in besides the ASU angle. So love it. Then uh, back in Tempe, Arizona, to close out the month of January and uh, play in February as well as Robert Morris comes to town. Uh, your thoughts on Robert Morris? Um, Robert Morris usually competes for the Atlantic Hockey Tournament bid. So yeah. while they may not be in the forefront of people's minds uh, when you think of the powers in college hockey. Um, they're not going to go away easy, and they're going to want to try and fine-tune their, their games as they get ready for their conference tournament. So that's, you know, that's not going to be an easy series either. I think over the last five years, they have the best record in the conference. So uh, you're not going to just show up and win those games. This is going to be a unique trip, I think. The one in February 7th and 8th. At Holy Cross on Friday night in Worcester, and then going to Waltham for uh, Bentley. Um, just because somebody will correct you if I don't. It's Worcester. Yeah, Worcester. 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 Okay, so I know who it's going to be too. You know who it is? BC Puck Twenty Nine is going to be the one that's going to shout at of me. Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> All right, um, I'm not even going to say it. It's Holy Cross in in Massachusetts. There you go. Uh, um, what do you think about that? Two different. Two different games in two different cities. I think one that's weekend. first. I, I mean, I outside of the first year, yeah, I, um, I mean, that's the first since they've had full D1 schedules. Uh, I yeah. think in the hybrid year, they, they did that. They went to UConn and Sacred Heart and, uh, and I think a third place. But this is the first time they're going to do that in a full D1 season. Um, once again, it ain't going to be 75 degrees uh, in those what? places. So It will be here. Yeah, but not where they're going to be. So, 
Uh, uh, February 14th and 15th, Valentine's night. Alaska Anchorage comes to town. Well, once Bottom again, Anchorage. Once again, like Fairbanks earlier in the season, they're going to struggle to score. And But those are games you're going to have to win. Fair, uh, Anchorage only won three games all of last year. So they're going to have to, you know, not look ahead to the trip the next weekend at Wisconsin. Yeah. And those yeah. are trap games. Trap yes. games. And they're going to need to be careful. And those We're going to hold on to this tape and say that you called it back in July. That's a trap game, and I agree with you 100%. Two trap games. And then they end the season at Wisconsin. And um, <laughs> let, me you know, tell you, let, me, let me tell you a couple of things about Wisconsin. Number one is that crowd is still rabid. Okay, they're they're Michigan Tech type. Only there's more of them. So so Wisconsin is uh, going to be a tough way to end the season. Here's my biggest concern, and I asked Leanne Blinn about this. This now, if they make the tournament, they're going to have a five week wait until they get to play a first game. I asked Leanne. I said, "Do you think that last year's or last season's four week wait was a detriment, or was it?" you know, something that they could use as a positive. And she really thought that it was a good thing. She thought that by them getting healthy, that was more important than maybe the lack of competition. I asked Andrew Bell. Andrew was at the regional as well as yourself. And I said, um, in the regional tournament, it looked to me like it was, I was watching on TV, like they took a period in about 10 minutes to get going. And then all of a sudden they, they stepped on it and they made it close and and, you know, if for a little luck they could have won, but yeah. I don't know what they're going to do differently. All I know is five weeks is a long time to well, not have competition. Well, I know this. I know that those last two games are definitely going to be a measuring stick uh, for the program. Uh, they, like most of the teams in the Big Ten, uh, are going to have goaltending questions. But this is a team that's going to have three first-round draft picks on its roster. Yeah. They're going to have Keandre Miller, who was drafted two years ago um, in the 2018 draft by the Rangers in the first round. Uh, Alex Turcott was drafted number five yeah. by the Kings in this year's draft. And uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, who was drafted yeah. by the Canadians with the 15th pick in this year's first round. So this team is going to be loaded. And, yep. you know, it'll be a good measuring stick if they're going to be in the tournament, you know, We'll get to the magic number all season long. Um, if they're going to be in the tournament, uh, that will be a good measuring stick to end the season on. Absolutely. Okay, we covered the whole the whole uh, schedule. We had Coach Powers in, which we appreciate having him uh, step in and tell us a little bit about it. Let's tease next week. Next week's show, we're going to be talking about more specific, the guys that went to the uh, NHL development camp. We'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming trip and uh, the plans for going to China. We'll talk a little bit more with Coach Powers about, um, you know, some of the things that have gone on, including the fact that, uh, you know, he's got some really talented players in this roster. And how do you mesh talented players? And how do you mesh NHL bloodlines in your roster? So a lot of good things coming up next week. But this show was awesome, Paul. Thanks for going overtime with me here. No problem. Uh, we close it off here in about 58 seconds. We'll, uh, we'll have a 50-minute show, which I promised our executive producer that she wouldn't have to deal with a one-hour show. So only 50-minute show. Good job, Terry. <laughs> Paul gives it a thumbs up to you. <laughs> so, anyway, um, it's hockey season. The boys are putting on the pads here very shortly. Um, I'm going to be there as much as I can. There's some really goofy rules with the NCAA as far as what they will and will not let you do. I'm surprised. I asked Mitch what was going on. He said they're going to do like a blog, he thought, um, out in, in China. But I doubt you're going to see any of those games. I just don't think anything's going to happen, which is really sad because this is a, a big event where it should be publicized a lot. And I, I bet even if I'd wanted to make the trip with them, I doubt I'd get anything, to be honest with you, because I don't know what NCAA rules say about that. Well, we're going to find out. Like I said, I just hope they, well, obviously, I hope they stream it somehow so we can at least see it. But I don't know if those decisions have been made yet. 
Uh, I think the answer to that is no, but we're going to we'll find out. See what happens. All right, Paul, thanks for uh, for jumping in. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, at M Drive at College Hockey. Or, I'm sorry, College Bar and Grill. I like to say College Hockey Southwest Weekly because it kind of just rolls out the tongue. And then also our friends uh, over at OxyPal because, you know, you got to get the stink out some way, somehow. Yep, absolutely. I keep a bottle in my car. All right, stay tuned and uh, visit with us next week on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast. Get it at Podbean, anywhere you can get your podcasts, including uh, iTunes. Also, jump in if you want to see our pretty faces. We're on uh, YouTube at Ice Time SW, and we're always on the website 24-7, IceTimeHockeySW.com. Till next week, for Paul Hornstein, I'm Scott Strandy saying goodbye. Have a good night.